Hey guys, welcome back to a cool music history time with DJ Dylan. I'm DJ Dylan. Today we have a special guest. He is a trumpet player and music instructor at Morton College in Cicero, Illinois, Mr. Jared Montgomery. And we will talk about his life of how he became a trumpet player for the Goodman Theater in downtown Chicago, as well as other orchestras he's a part of. Please subscribe to my podcast on redcircle.com or on Facebook, and if you want me to tell the history of your favorite rock band of all time, please contact me at dylan.miller at loop.clum.edu. That's dylan.miller at loop.colum.edu. Let's rock with our show now. Hey guys, I'm at Morton College with my good friend, trumpet player, Jen Montgomery. Hi, Jerry. How's it going? Nice to see oh. you. Nice to see you. Thanks for, thanks for having me on this. I appreciate it. Oh, you're <laughs> welcome, Jared. Now, Jared, tell us about yourself. <laughs> okay, well, I'm a professional trumpet player, and I teach at Morton College. I primarily play pit orchestras in the city, and I play in the Skokie Valley Symphony Orchestra. I have a brass quintet called the Wonder Brass that does pop tunes in the style of kind of classical music. And I teach trumpet privately to a ton of students in Hinsdale, Burr Ridge, Clarendon Hills, Naperville, Berwyn, Cicero. A little all over the place. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, all right. Now, Jared, here's a question. Sure. Since I see you as a good trumpet player, what drew you to play the trumpet? Ha! I didn't choose the trumpet. I wanted to play the saxophone, but my parents are farmers, and they said, well, saxophone is really expensive. Your uncle has a cornet. You should just try to play that. And he gave it to me, and I blew into it, and it made a disgusting sound, and I said, all right, yeah, this will probably work. So that's how I started playing trumpet. <laughs> oh, all yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, so since you're a trumpet player, and since your parents have given you the trumpet, who's your idol for it? Oh, I have a lot of, a lot of trumpet playing idols. You know, right off the bat, all of my former teachers, Dr. Bob Allison and Mark Reidenauer, Channing Philbrick, they play in the Lyric Opera and the Chicago Symphony. Charles Schluter, who's the principal trumpet, retired from the Boston Symphony. I met him when I was in high school and he was just an overall amazing guy. Wenton Marsalis, Miles Davis, Freddie Hubbard, Woody Shaw, Chet Baker, a ton of them. Ton of them. George Carlin. He's a comedian. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know George Carlin. <laughs> He's good stuff. Does George Carlin play the trumpet? He doesn't, but I like him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Not that right. I know. I don't know if George And is. speaking of the trumpet, what is your most fulfilling experience playing the trumpet? Oh, you know, I was on a show at the Goodman Theater, which is downtown on Lake and Dearborn, and we were doing a show called We're Only Alive for a Short Amount of Time, which was a show written by David Kale, who's a playwright from New York, and it was looking at his life, and he had some traumatic experience happen in his life, and it was, you know, we would, the musicians, we were on stage, and so we could see the audience, and to see the audience get so moved that they cry and then to be after the show ended this kind of like really ethereal happiness that had happened in the theater playing that show was probably the most rewarding experience 
playing the trumpet because we were moving people. Like it was an amazing show. We're only alive for a short amount of time by David Kale. It was playing at public theater in New York, the last point I heard. I think he's maybe doing another show. I don't know. Hopefully David is doing another show. <laughs> oh, okay. Now, Jared, I see that besides your being a musician, you're also a music instructor at this very college, right? I am, yeah. I teach, I teach music at Morton. Yeah, I teach a section of music appreciation, a section of world music, sometimes American music, an American music class and a class called Humanities Through the Arts, which is a humanities course, but a lot of times takes a music focus. And I enjoy teaching, I enjoy teaching college. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. And I see that you're an instructor of wind instruments, such as trumpet, saxophone, and the French horn. What is the most instrument you love playing most and why? And I believe that it's the saxophone. You told me about it, right? Oh, yeah. So I play and teach all brass instruments here at the college. So if any student played trumpet or French horn or trombone or tuba in high school, and they want to, or even junior high, or maybe they, they had an instrument that was their family's and they say, hey, I, I wanna learn how to play this. So you can actually take lessons here at the college and they're like one-on-one -on -one where if you wanna learn how to play the trumpet, you can take, a, it registers as basically a class. You can, you can take it for college credit. And I enjoy teaching those, I enjoy teaching private lessons a lot, especially at the college. This is like one-on-one -on -one with a student and, you know, just playing good, trying to cover repertoire and, you know, what the, what the student is interested in. Yeah, it's good stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> Since you've teaching many classes in Morin College, what drew you to instructing music? The sharing of a love, I think, you know. I really enjoy, I love music. It was my way out of the country. I grew up in a town really small, maybe 140 people. 120, 140 people, and whenever, you know, my, I found, oh, I could use this to get out of my situation. And I think a lot of people, especially if we look at like, you know, the South Side rap and drill music scene here in Chicago, I mean, those guys are, they're trying to use music to better their lives, to get out of uh, a poverty-stricken area, and I did the same thing. If I can share my love of music with other people, then that's, that's, that's a really cool feeling for me. And there are a lot of musicians who are not in music anymore, who went to school for music, and they possess a certain skill set that will make them successful in whatever they do. I think musicians have the ability to listen carefully. They're, they're very methodical in the way that they approach things. And I think that musicians also just studying music and playing music improves your skills and focus and that's a great thing for any profession where you have to focus for a certain amount of time and be in the zone so to speak and if I can teach students to have better listening skills and become more methodical and to improve their focus then they can take that to wherever they want you know they can take that to whatever you know job they 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 want to pursue yeah. Oh, all right. That sounds really awesome, Jay. Yeah. Now, here's another question. What is your best experience as an instructor? Oh, best experience as an instructor. You know, it. it I try to... All teachers live for that aha moment, I think. The, the moment where 
something clicks with a student and they finally, they get it. They don't get it, they don't get it, they don't get it, and then it clicks and then they go, oh, I get it, I get it. I think a lot of educators live for that. I definitely do. I also like to create a classroom where everybody is really talkative and knows each other and talks to each other and bounces ideas off of each other. And whenever, whenever you have that kind of thing, when students get really excited about a subject, or like today we were doing Japanese music and there was a girl in the class who has been to Japan and she was talking about her experiences in Japan and what, what she liked about, you know, J-pop music, like Japanese pop music. And then everybody was like, oh, you play that game too? Oh, and, and then everybody starts sharing information. That's a really cool, it's always a really cool moment. So I guess I live for those moments where everybody's talking. <laughs> oh, uh, how is that girl in Japan? Well, she's back. She's here. Her name is Emily, and she she loved being in Japan. She loves Japanese culture, and we were actually seeking out other Japanese cultural festivals that happen here in Chicago. Unfortunately, there's one this weekend, but closed due to the coronavirus, which is kind of a drag, which I think is kind of par for the course in America right now is... Things are being canceled. Yeah, please don't mention the C virus, and I was trying to avoid it, you know. <laughs> I tried my best by holding my breath or whatever, or covering my mouth with my coat. Fair. Fair. Yeah. yeah. And I tried to stay away from people, even if I'm riding the CTA train. Oh, very true, very true. Now, Jared, I did some research on you and found that you play in the Oak Park Orchestra and some other orchestras, right? Oh yeah, I used to play in Oak Park. I don't play in Oak Park anymore. That's Jay Friedman's orchestra. I play in the Skokie Valley Symphony right now, which is up in Skokie, Illinois. They play at the, the North Shore Center for the Performing Arts. And we have, we have a concert set coming up where it's 250 years of Beethoven. It's either the anniversary of his birth or the anniversary of his death. I'm not sure, but all the orchestras are playing playing a lot of Beethoven right now. Yeah, I love to play in the orchestra. Yeah, how did you get involved in playing in an orchestra? Well, I went to school to play. I went to Roosevelt to play, to learn how to play in a professional symphony. And I realized that I really didn't want to play in a professional symphony after playing in a couple of them, which is a hard realization. But I still couldn't completely discredit the art form. And so about four years ago, I got called in to play third trumpet in the orchestra. And I met the personnel manager, and she was super, super nice, a woman named Sandra Rowland, who's a lovely human being. And the principal trumpet that year had won a job in the Omaha Symphony, and so he left, and the second trumpet player, who's Dan Price, he moved up to playing first, and I moved up to playing second. And then this last year, Dan couldn't do some of the concerts, and they asked me if I wanted to play first. So I said, yeah, sure. Happy to play principal. So this year we've done Scheherazade and Gershwin Piano Concerto and F, a lot of big, big orchestral works at the North Shore Center there. And I love playing in the orchestra. It's kind of home to me. I love playing jazz, but I really love playing in the orchestra. Yeah. Oh, okay. And Jared, I see that you're a trumpet player for the Goodman Theater in Chicago, right? I do play at Goodman. I do play at Goodman, yeah. Yeah, to say something, in Goodman Theater, my favorite play from that place is Christmas Carol. I know, and they do it every year, right? Bob Falls usually directs it. That's always a nice holiday. Have, did you go see it last year? Did you go see um, it on the holiday last year? I think I've remembered seeing it back in 2015. That's so good, right? With Scrooge and everybody. It's a fun one. Yeah, the, the Goodman Theater has been very good to me. They're the cutting edge of 
predominantly plays and a little bit of music theater. They do a music they do a musical over the summer. Last year was Music Man, but the Goodman Theater is just filled with professionals getting paid what they're worth, and everybody seems very happy. Whenever you pay everybody what they're worth and no one's stressed, it's a good work environment. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, about Goodman Theater, what is your favorite theater production that you've played for? Well, for Goodman, it was definitely, actually, the same thing that we had talked about earlier. David Kale's show, We're Only Alive for a Short Amount of Time, which was the story of David's life. He It was a one-man show that he wrote and starred in, and the summary of the the show was in the early 1980s David's father murdered his mother and the impact that that had on David's family and in that show David portrayed himself his brother his mother his father his grandfather the lawyers at the court case that happened his uncle and a really moving show and a story of transcendence of how one can have really, you know, a tough time in their life, but rise above it. And, you know, seemingly coming from the ashes and making something of himself. And that's what David did. And it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful show. It's just an absolutely beautiful show. I was happy to be a part of it. And that was the first time I ever got my own dressing room. <laughs> they had my name by the dressing room. Dave Belden and I, and that was... I thought I'd made it. <laughs> when I had my own dressing room, I thought, okay, <laughs> I've made it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And here's another question I want to mm, ask mm, you. Yeah. Since you're an orchestra, such as the Oak Park Symphony, which I understand that you're not part anymore, Sure, yeah, right? but Skokie, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and you're also part of the Chicago Composers Orchestra, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay, I've got a question. If you have a favorite movie composer, who is it? Ooh, favorite movie composer. I do love film score. I mean, when I think film score, I always think John Williams, you know, the guy that wrote Star Wars and Superman and... And E.T. E.T., that's right. Jaws. I really enjoy, though, There's there was the composer Lalo Schifrin, who actually did some of the Bond films, I think, or Mission Impossible. He also did an old one called Bullet really hip stuff, 1970s things. I also like John Barry, who did Dances with Wolves, and John Barry's music is, is just really, really lovely. I love I love good film score. It, they're part of the storytelling team. You know, if you think about Close Encounters, the movie Close Encounters, you can follow the story and not even watch the movie just by listening you can you can follow the story how the music moves with the story it's amazing yeah with close encounters of the third kind yeah what do you mean by that yeah yeah boom 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 yeah yeah i remember <laughs> seeing that movie it is good yeah it's fun it's a fun one yeah so here's another question for you jared since you're a musician mm -hmm. what do you still want to do with your music oh well just entertain people and make them think and i'm i'm getting ready to play i'm playing a couple shows coming up i'm playing shrek here actually here's the music the, sh the book for shrek it's 106 pages long so when we start the show we start on page one and when we close it we're on page 106 and i like i like shrek i'm playing sister act coming up and i love playing those kind of shows they're entertaining they're fun but 
I really like playing the shows that make people think. Sondheim shows, like Merrily We Roll Along, Stephen Sondheim's Assassins, Company, any of those shows that make people think differently. And not to say that the Disney shows or the DreamWorks shows don't make people think, but they're, they're, they're maybe more entertainment. I like it, like it maybe just a little bit darker shows. And yeah, to make people smile. Yeah, uh, yeah right. to, make, to make music to make people smile. Yeah, about this Shrek the Musical script you have. Yeah. Uh, I see that in a page there was a finale part. Does it contain I'm a Believer? It does! You're right! And I was looking, I just got the part yesterday, and yeah, you've seen, have you seen Shrek? You know, I've never seen Shrek, villain. Isn't oh, that you, terrible? You mean the movie? Yeah! Ne- oh, there it is! I'm a believer. Big number 24. That's awesome. That's so awesome. Okay, here's another question. Who are you most excited about playing with? And who do you still want to play with? Oh, that's a great question. Kind of the cool thing about pit orchestras, the theater orchestras, the Broadway shows, they're, we seem to only work with the people who we like which is a really cool thing. I work with really great musicians throughout the year who are my friends. These are people that I would go out and hang out with after shows. You know, Tony Scandora, Christian Moreno, Elena Spiegel, Sarah Yonker. These are all Chicago freelance musicians who I, I just love playing with. People who I would really, who I would love to play with I'd love to play with Wynton Marsalis' band, the Lincoln Center Jazz Orchestra, just to sit in. You know, there's the new principal trumpet of the Chicago Symphony. I'd just like to play duets with him. His name is Esteban Batalon, Batalion. The guy's an unbelievable trumpet player. I would like to play some duets with him. I have a friend who's from Lithuania, plays in the orchestra in Lithuania. He actually comes to Morton College. He's originally from Berwyn. Comes to Morton College when he's back in the United States and we play duets. I enjoy playing duets with somebody more than I sometimes more than I like getting on stage and playing it for an audience you know just for the two of us just to play and have fun and if I get softer that person will get softer if that person gets louder I'll get louder it's you're communicating with a person in another way that's really fun really fun. Good question. I like that one. Right. I haven't thought of that. <laughs> yeah, Jared, as part of my podcast, Cool Music History Time with DJ Dylan, in this podcast, I tell histories of rock bands. Okay, So cool. I got a question for you. What is your favorite rock band of all time and why? Ooh. Ooh. I love, I love the Chili Peppers. I love the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I guess they're, they can be considered a rock band. Yeah, probably the Chili Peppers is probably the rock group that I listen to the most. I love Led Zeppelin, too, and Pink Floyd. I even like, oh, you know, like Nine Inch Nails, System of a Down. I listen to all kinds of music, but probably Chili Peppers are probably my favorite my favorite rock group. And I think it's just because they're, they're so, they're prolific. They put out a lot of albums, and each album seems to be just wildly different. Blood Sugar Sex Magic is way different than Californication, which is way different than... Stadium Arcadium or I'm With You, they're all just so different. And I'd heard that John Frusciante had actually transcribed a lot of the Beatles harmonies. And so if you listen to the background vocals of the Chili Peppers, they resemble the Beatles really heavily, which is pretty cool. I like the Beatles too. <laughs> uh, yeah, That's a good rock you, you love hearing rock music? Oh yeah, man. 
Oh yeah, I love hearing all music. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Now here's the most exciting question of all. Okay. Can you show us your musical skills with a trumpet? Oh, I do. I have a horn here. Hold on, yeah. How about you show us I'm Believer from the Shrek's the musical script? Sure, hey, sure. About this, is it playing at Morn College? No, this one is playing at Fenwick over in Oak Park. They're, they hired out a professional band to play this. There's, there's, there's not a lot of... I'll play, yeah, I'll play, um, hmm. They're just like little horn hits. Unfortunately, I don't have the but I don't have the the, the melody and all in any of this it seems. But I'll play like here's a little here's a little tune. Yeah, uh, it's is, a, yeah. it's okay. Just play us some more of I'll what play you know. I'll, yeah, I'll play you a little song out of this is a, a little tune by Timothy Johnson called Coronation that was written for Phil Smith, who's the principal trumpet of the New York Philharmonic. Oh, a little missed note there. Sorry about that. That's all right. <laughs> I had a little spit in the horn there. Always. Yeah, it's Always. okay, man. <laughs> so, anywho, thank you for your time, Dude, Jerry. Dylan, absolutely. I was so happy when you said, hey, man, can you can we do an interview for my podcast? Like, yeah. yeah, man. And so you're doing well at Columbia. You like Columbia? Yeah, indeed. Love it. Good, good. Thank you for your time. Absolutely, buddy. For more information about Jared Montgomery, feel free to contact the music department at Morton College at 708-656-8000, extension number 2231. Let's go to the history of Jared's favorite rock band, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. In the United States of America, many rock bands have been formed. Some become famous and some didn't. One of the first was the Kings of Rhythm, formerly known as Jackie Brinston and his Delta Cats, a rhythm and blues band formed in the small town of Clarksdale, Mississippi in the 1940s. Many more were born decades later, such as Bill Haley and his Comets, the Monkees, and the Jackson Five. Along with those great American rock bands, there is the Red Hot Chili Peppers. They are an awesome rock band from Los Angeles that amazes audiences around the world with their songs and albums. In addition to rock, the Peppers combine funk music and punk rock music. Here is the history of how the Red Hot Chili Peppers came to be. The story of the Red Hot Chili Peppers begins in the late 1970s and the early 1980s. The founders of the band, lead singer Anthony Cadis, bassist Michael Blazery, and guitarist Hillel Slovak, were all best friends at Fairfax High School in Los Angeles, California. Cadis spent most of his time writing poetry and acting in theater while Blazery and Slovak were into playing music on the guitar, bass, and trumpet.
Lazary and Slovak found Kiedis's poem writing a gift and encouraged him to make the poems he wrote into musical lyrics for songs. So he did. Inspired by some of their favorite rock bands, such as Sly and the Family Stone and the Germs, an old rock band of Foo Fighters guitarist Pat Smear, the group decided to form a band along with another classmate, drummer Jack Irons. They called themselves Tony Flo and the Miraculous Majestic Masters of Mayhem. They performed in strip clubs in Los Angeles in the early 1980s. Then changes started taking place in 1983. Michael Blazery chose to go by the name Flea, and the band name Tony Flo and the Miraculous Majestic Masters of Mayhem was now changed to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Slovak and Irons decided to leave the band to help focus on another Los Angeles band that Kiedis and Flea were once part of called What Is This? The Peppers signed a record contract with EMI Records. To create their debut album in 1984, Kiedis and Flea hired a new guitarist, Jack Sherman, and a new drummer, Cliff Martinez. When they released their album in August 1984, which included a cover song by late country singer Hank Williams, it didn't reach any success. The band just didn't work without Slovak and Irons. Luckily, What Is This Call It Quits in 1985 due to a failing album, and Slovak and Irons returned to the Peppers once more. They then made and released their second album called Freaky Styly in August 1985, which was produced by funk musician George Clinton. But again, it didn't make it into the charts that year because it lacked the feel of the Peppers concert experience. In 1987, the Red Hot Chili Peppers released their third album, The Uplift Mofo Party Plan, and finally made it to the charts for the first time. Some of the songs on the album include Fight Like a Brave, Behind the Sun, and a cover of Bob Dylan's song, Subterranean Homesick Blues. Things were looking up for the Peppers, but unfortunately, on June 25, 1988, Hillard Slovak died of a heroin overdose in his apartment in Hollywood. Flea stated after Slovak's death that Hillel was a huge influence on my life. Were it not for him, I would never had begun to play the bass. Hillel is always with me, and my love for him only grows stronger with time. After Slovak's funeral, Jack Irons decided to leave the band for the second and final time. He found it was not just the same without Slovak. Kiedis, who was also struggling with a drug addiction, and Flea had difficulties with new guitarist Blackbird McKnight and new drummer D.H. Pellegro, both of whom didn't work out. But with the help of their replacements, newcomers John Fruciante on guitar and Chad Smith on drums, the Peppers rose to fame once again. 
Their fourth album, Mother's Milk, had become a great success with their songs, Good Time Boys, Taste the Pain, Pretty Little Dimmy, which is instrumental, Knock Me Down, which is dedicated to Slovak's memory, and two cover songs by Stevie Wonder and Jimi Hendrix, Higher Ground and Fire. Fire was originally recorded by Kiedis and Flea when they were with Slovak and Irons. The band was praised by audiences around the world. Even though it wasn't the same without Hillel Slovak and Jack Irons, Anthony Kiedis, and Michael Blazery, now known to everybody as Flea, wouldn't change a thing with John Fujante and Chad Smith. The Red Hot Chili Peppers are one of America's greatest living rock bands, and they inspired lots of people, like my good friend, trumpet player Jaron Montgomery, to love music. For the Red Hot Chili Peppers, rock on with your ongoing careers. Let's conclude with one of the Chili Peppers' best songs. The Red Hot Chili Peppers make good rockin' songs that combine rock, funk, and punk rock music. In addition to creating their own songs, they also cover songs which were played and written by older artists such as Hank Williams, Jimi Hendrix, and Stevie Wonder. They did an amazing job recording the Stevie Wonder mega-hit Higher Ground for their 1989 album Mother's Milk. Mother's Milk was the album that helped propel the Peppers to fame. The song was even played in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie from 1995. In this segment, we will learn the history of how the Red Hot Chili Peppers made their version of Higher Ground. Check it out! The songs on Mother's Milk, except for Taste for Pain, were all recorded at Ocean Way Recording Studio in Hollywood from November 1988 to March 1989. The song Higher Ground by Stevie Wonder is about getting a second chance at life. It was part of Wonder's Grammy Award-winning album Inner Visions, which was released in August 1973. Coincidentally, three days after Inner Visions was released, Wonder got into a car crash with a flatbed truck of logs in North Carolina while he was making his way to a radio station to promote the album. While he was in a coma at North Carolina Baptist Hospital, Stevie's road manager, Ira Tucker, serenaded him with higher ground. Miraculously, Stevie began to move his fingers to play the keyboard parts of the song. In an interview, Wonder stated, quote, I was definitely in a much better spiritual place that made me aware of a lot of things that concern my life and my future and what I have to do to reach another higher ground. Anthony Kiedis made a joke about why he chose this song for the Red Hot Chili Peppers to cover. He said it was either Higher Ground or Hangin' Tough by the boy band New Kids on the Block, which was released in July 1989. 
a month before Mother's Milk was released. At Oceanway Recording Studio, the band reworked the music for the cover to be different than what Stevie Wonder had done in the early 1970s. They replaced Wonder's keyboards with Flea's bass plane. Hearing that opening almost certainly inspired lots of musicians to learn to play the bass guitar. After the bass sequence comes Chad Smith's drums, and then it's John Fushante's guitar joining in a different melody. After Kiedis sings the first and second verses of the lyrics, a crowd of backing vocals comes along to join him. Chili Peppers version of Higher Ground is one of their top 10 hits of all time. It became one of two songs on Mother's Milk along with Knock Me Down that are dedicated to the late Hillel Slovak, a beloved band member that helped them achieve mainstream success. So what is your favorite song by the Red Hot Chili Peppers? This has been Cool Music History Time with DJ Dylan. I hope you all enjoyed my interview with Jared Montgomery and the history of his favorite band of all time, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and their cover version of Higher Ground. For the next episode, we will be interviewing Columbia College Chicago student Jack Mahanis and learn about the history of his favorite rock band, Aerosmith, along with one of their best songs. And if you all have favorite rock bands that you want to have an inside scoop of the history for, please contact me at dylan.miller at loop.colum.edu. That is dylan.miller at loop.colum.edu. This is DJ Dylan saying, have a rockin' day!